We're back to Neil Haley Show and also the media giant effect. And you know what? I've not had a lot of celebrity athletes on lately. I've been interviewing all celebrities and all types, and I miss the whole sports thing. But my guest today is a Buffalo Sabres Hall of Famer, even though I'm a Penguin fan, and an NHL legend, Don Luce. Don, thanks for stopping by. And, you know, it's amazing to look at hockey when you played to hockey today, right? Is it a totally different thing? Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, to a certain extent, the the rules have really changed, and and the game has changed. Uh, it's not quite the physical game it used to be, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a faster game. I th I think that the, the players are talented, but I don't know if they have uh, the opportunity to do the stick handling and stuff that they did when back when the, the rules were different. Exactly. When the rules were different and you think about things in different ways. Now, did you always want to be a hockey player? I know you grew up in Canada. Was that your dream? I've talked to so many people that, you know, ended up doing something else from Canada. Everyone had the dream of play hockey. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was my, my dream from day one. And, uh, you know, I just fell in love with the game. Definitely. So let's talk about specifically, when did you know you were good enough to play in the NHL? How old were you? <laughs> When did I know, I guess, um, when I knew or when? When you knew, like, you know how we, like, as a uh, former professional athlete myself, I knew in a college athlete in basketball, professional athlete in pro wrestling, I knew that I was good enough to get to the next level and next level after that. But in, in basketball, I knew I could play college basketball. I had a certain time period. When did you know you were good enough to play in the NHL? Well, I think that I always felt in myself that I um, probably, when I was probably 16, 17 years old, I thought, you know, I thought I, I had a, a chance. I didn't know how much of a chance, but I really felt that I, if I dedicated myself, I could get there. And I did, <laughs> thankfully. 16, 17 years old. And in that time, that's when you guys are juniors and stuff, right? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I left home when I was 14 to play junior. Oh, my gosh. And so that was your only, that's the dream, play play in the NHL. So what team did you play for first in the NHL? Well, I was uh, drafted by the New York Rangers first. And uh, I spent two years with in their organization uh, with Emil Francis. Uh, great organization, uh, great people. Um Enjoyed my time there, but then I got traded to uh, the Detroit Red Wings, and I played a year there. And uh, basically, I asked to be traded because they were going through a whole transition and stuff. And and uh, that's when Punch traded for me to go come to Buffalo and spent ten years in Buffalo. And so that's where you, if you were going to choose a jersey, it would be Buffalo Sabers all the way, right? Of the teams you played for. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no, you know, I had the most success there and, and we had really good teams that had that era. So it was a great, it was a great time and uh, great teammates. And it's great to be in a sports town like Buffalo, right. To play in Buffalo, especially at that time when you were playing, right. Cause there's not a lot of competition. There's not a lot of things in Buffalo to do. Right. <laughs> and so well, the fans here are very passionate for both the uh, football team, the Bills, and and the Sabers, and and uh, even back when I played, we played in the old auditorium, which was uh, an older building, and and the fans were so close to us, and and 
the fans do make a difference. They, they, they can really help a team. They helped us. I know when I played that uh, they took the losses just as hard as we did, and they took the victories just as excited as we were. So, uh, you know, it, it was a great, great city. It is a great city to play in. Oh, absolutely. And I think that how big was it? Did you get excited on a home game when you knew you were, you were going to play in front of the home crowd? How did that pump you up a little bit to give you that extra kind of emphasis that to really perform well to the hometown? Well, well I think going into a game, you you know, you'd get pumped up to it. But when you when you get on the ice and the fans started cheering and, and uh, you started even like even in warm up, they were excited about it. And, and that really helps you, you know, because uh, you felt when you scored. They felt it too, or, you know, and, and so it was, a. I guess, I don't know how to describe how it would be to, to have that, all those people in the building on your side, you know, versus, you know, if you score in the road, no one cares. <laughs> exactly. You score on the road. It's like, and just that feeling how the rush for fans, you know, I, I think about this, you know, I've done radio and television for 13 years, so I really don't have the back and forth. But when I was a professional wrestler and I played college basketball and then played also, you know, high school basketball, the, the rush of the crowd was such an amazing thing. There's no feeling like fans, right? The, the, the feel of the crowd. I kind of explain that to people. I've talked to, you know, other per performers and the, this, the, the rush of a crowd. How's that feel when you score a goal in front of your fans and you hear that noise? Well, it's exhilarating. You just, you know, like it, it's it's so reinforcing, and, and it makes you feel like, hey, I want to do this again. You know, I want to, I want, I want to hear that again. I want, I want those people yelling and cheering my name, and and being backing me up, and and you know, it, it really, really does help. You know, it, it like I say, it motivates you, even though you're motivated going in as a professional, but with the home fans yelling and screaming and getting exciting, excited about the game and the goal you scored or a play you made. So, yeah, I, I think it's uh, underestimated the value of the fan. The value. That, so that's a great point. The value of the fan. I just think the rush of a crowd, I miss it. You know, I retired from professional wrestling at 29 in Bremen, Germany, did the WWE once, but I wrestled all over the world and it's just, it's something that you miss. You, and I made a couple of comebacks, put the wrestling boots on. You see Ric Flair, he's still wrestling at 73. So I'm 50 and I, I don't, I could come back, but I don't, I think that uh, the other people say, don't do that. But ultimately <laughs> it's, that's why I can't wait to start speaking in front of crowds down the line and have that rush of the crowd. Even when I was speaking in front of 40 people or I was on clubhouse speaking and I got to get that feedback. It's just, there's nothing like it. And I'm sure you've gotten the opportunity, life after hockey, to speak to groups. What's the difference of speaking to groups of people where you get the feedback, you get the questions in, in front of pretty big groups compared to being in a team sport? What's the difference? I know you're, you, you definitely speak in front of groups and stuff, and you really enjoy that experience. What's better, speaker or performer on, on, on the ice? Well, for me, performer on the ice, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't consider myself a very gifted speaker. I, I, I like to do question and answers, but as far as uh, speaking in front of big crowds, I'm, I'm not 
very good at it, in my opinion. <laughs> do you, but do you enjoy it? Because I mean, you've had those opportunities. I'm sure after life after hockey to get those. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I I enjoy it, and and you know, I try and and uh, give my best uh, effort to try and make the the uh, talk informative and and uh, interesting. Now, Don, after life, after hockey, did you know what you were going to do when you were going to retire? <laughs> well, uh, I I did. I I actually I uh, I had a, spent a stint in the minors. Uh, I was coaching general manager of the Pine Bridge Buck Pine Bridge Bucks, which was the Atlantic Coast League, which then became the East Coast Hockey League. Uh, and then I got I uh, hooked up with the Sabers, and I was in management for. 22 years with them doing scouting and, and uh, drafting. Uh, I was director of player personnel. So I involved all the trades. And uh, then I spent another 10 years with the uh, Philadelphia Flyers in doing the same thing. Oh, so, wow. So, yeah, I've been, been in hockey a long, a long time. And, uh, you know, uh, you think about things to do after after you retire, but um, I think, you know, when it's in your blood, it's hard to get out, as you probably know as a wrestler. It's, it's, oh, I was, I had to stop watching it, do certain <laughs> things. Now, what I'm doing now, Don, never retiring. I'm going to do it till the day I die. And that's talk show and getting to talk to major people like you, getting to help people grow brands like I get to do, speak in front of groups, all these things. It's I totally found what I love. And I can understand when you found what you love, you're going to stay in the uh, in the NHL for so long. So how long till you finally retired from being in the, the you know, player personnel, doing all these different types of things that you were doing in the NHL? When did you stop doing that? Uh, I think about 20, uh, 2016. 26, Wow. So it's not still been that long away from that. How did you kind of recover from that? You know, if your knowledge base in the NHL, my gosh. I mean, and see, that's the Wikipedia doesn't do you justice. I, I told you, I'm going to have to have it on the show just to talk about the days of going from the minor leagues in, you know, working as a coach and different things all the way to the NHL and that story. And to see the NHL in 2016 compared to when you first started, it's gotta be crazy. I mean, thinking that you got to see Mario, you got to see Wayne Gretzky, you got to see all these amazing players. But when you were in hockey, the NHL wasn't as popular as you saw that rise. I talked to Pierre LaRouche on my show before, and he kind of explained that difference. Look at the eighties jerseys right before the Penguins went to black and gold to now and how hockey is now and how it's such a you know you gotta but it must have been hard walking away in 2016 right oh yeah absolutely you know it, it, it's tough uh but you know uh the job i was doing i i think i i became a little not stale but i i i kind of was looking forward to moving away from the game and, and spending time at home and spending time with my grandkids. And, and that's when I, uh, I started a, a, a business. I do, uh, we have a synthetic ice center. It's just a small pad, but it keeps me busy. It's 24 feet by 55. And I do lessons and we do team, team training there. We're, 
we're outside in the summertime or all year all year long really because the ice is covered in a pavilion but it doesn't have any walls uh so it's outside all the time and and we do a lot of uh, individual stuff and a lot of team things that we do strength and conditioning as well because we're connected to a gym and stuff but that keeps me busy and and also uh you know i'm into mental training uh for athletes try and help athletes that are struggling or that need need to understand that the mental game is huge. Oh, totally. Like, it, it, it's so underrated. It's so under uh, mindsets. Taught. Mindsets big in any, any success in high level to be a high level performer in anything you need mindset, right. To get to that next level that makes you one out of a hundred people or, you know, that 1%, there's just right. something you have to have. Well, exactly. And you, you've probably seen it in, in your sport too. There, but You've probably played or wrestled against people that were maybe skilled as you or maybe better, but they didn't make it. And, you, and you know, people say, well, why? Well, because he did not have the mindset to go with his abilities. And, and that's I why would you say at that time, I didn't, Don. Okay. I didn't, I was, uh, you know, tryout. So this is like WWE. So the, again, you know, it's not a real sport, but I, yeah, no. I was ready to get close to sign with Vince and I just didn't have the mindset that I wanted to continue doing it. And I walked away young and I, a lot, thank goodness, because a lot of these guys haven't lived and I want to live to your age or even 150. Yeah. So I don't want to, to put myself in that danger uh, of just wrestling and just the, the the thing, but you're right. But I'm even talking about successful CEOs. I'm talking successful business owners. It's all about mindset to take you to that next level. If you don't have it, forget it. If you can't take the bumps in the road, what's happening in your life outside of the rink, outside of everything, and you can't put your focus into what you're doing at that time. How important is that, Don? Well, it's huge. You, you, you've got you've got to. I guess come up, compartmentalize things. When you go to the rink to play, that's all that matters. You know, things going on in your life, uh, they're there and they'll be there after the game. But in that game, you've got to be focused on playing that game to the best of your ability. Otherwise, you're probably going to lose your job because somebody else is going to come and take it because they have that mindset, they have the drive, they're focused. They come to play every night and, and uh, you know, talent gets you so far, but you've got to be able to use the talent on a consistent basis to be a pro. So when you work with those athletes, what kind of, what age group are you working with the athlete part, not just the training part? Well, the athlete at the mental training, you know, we, we've done uh, young kids, uh, 14 year olds. You know, I think the the big target area is high school kids. Kids that are, um, you know, going into high school now becoming more competitive than they've ever played in whatever sport they're doing. And and then also the, the seniors and juniors are getting ready to hopefully get a scholarship or go on to play in college. I mean, and it's powerful because they all want to play in the NHL. And who would not want to work with Don Luce? Here's the reason why. Look at this. You've worked in the... You play, you're a, a Buffalo Sabres Hall of Famer. You have worked in the NHL for X amount of years for different teams. 
you understand as a coach, you understand as a GM type person, you understand the behind the scenes of player personnel. You've seen, so you've worked with, who would you say the top athletes you've worked with in your career that if we would remember today, especially for kids that are listening now that say, okay, I remember the Hall of Famers in the 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010. What hockey players have you brushed elbows with that you've worked with in some sort of way, coaching or played against? Well, you know, I played. I played when I was in Detroit. I played with Gordie Howe, and he was my line mate. And uh, I, I assisted on his last goal as a Red Wing, and so pretty proud of that. And and uh, you know, he's a tremendous athlete. Uh, you know, Gretzky. I played at the end of my career. I played oh my Year against him, and and you know, you get to see these athletes, Mario Lemieux. You know, another great Bobby Orr. You know, it's funny when. When I was doing the drafting, we'd interview potential draft choices and stuff. And as you, as the years went by, you'd say, uh, you know, you'd make a comparison. Well, I think you you skate like Bobby Orr. Kids go, who? No, oh, Bobby, boy. You know, the, the generations change. And, you know, uh, the names that come quickly to my mind at that time, you know, or, or and how and. Mahavalich, uh, Esposito, guys like that, and, and now it's it's different. You know, they look at uh, like Mario Lemieux, Gretzky, you know, and the players today. You got McDavid, you got Stamkos, you, you know, you got tons of players. You got Forsberg, you got the Stastny's. You know, there's lots of players to to look up to. I think that you know, in my, my dealings, mostly it's been. Uh, a great player that maybe should be in the Hall of Fame is Alexander McGillney. Yeah. And, and um, you know, he was a great athlete. He was a, he was a great, really, really great individual too. And, you know, so there's all kinds of guys that you uh, brush up with. And there's guys that you played against that you hated. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but you, you know, think about the Penguins. Uh, you were to 2016. So you've seen a lot of the superstar Penguins you've, been playing against meaning as in as a gm or working as a assistant gm or working in player personnel so you've seen them all right you've watched film on all of them the, the show. oh yeah yep absolutely you know pittsburgh uh you know they had some great teams with mario and and uh yager and and coffee and and mark andre fleury you know and wow they're they great teams to watch. They're exciting. And, uh, you know, we uh, you always look forward to seeing them play. Exactly. So that's why I'm saying that if you're going to look for someone with mindset, Don, so this is, reminds me of professional wrestling. Let me give you an example. I got trained by the late Charlie Fulton, and he trained in the Monster Factory with the top stars. He knew exactly what the top stars in professional wrestling are able to talk about things like that. If young people would just listen to you and hear some of your ideas, mindset, but also in, in strategy and what to do, they too could become a hall of famer like you are, Don. Where's the best place people can check you out and find info information on you? Where can they go? <laughs> I guess Wikipedia. I guess I, I, I. You have a website for your training place, or or. Oh yeah, yeah, I do. It's uh, a five uh, five star. Well, it's Rocket Sports 
performanceandtraining.com. Okay. Well, Don, it was a pleasure having you on. And I'm definitely having you on back again, especially when we look at sort of things we could talk NHL. I have been so busy with my businesses that it's business. It's just like, oh my gosh, I don't watch sports as much as I did when I was a kid. But again, I have my memories of the NHL, the Stanley Cups with the Penguins. And to hear and speak to a legend like you is an honor. So thanks for stopping by. Well, thank you. And Neil, I think you're doing a great job. I think that the, the people out there, they get, get a chance, opportunity to help people. And it, it, it's really a wonderful thing that you do. Thank I you. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. You're listening and watching The Neil Haley Show. And we'll be back in just a moment.